Good morning to Ushirata Kalachanji Dam. Good morning to all of the assembled devotees, those that are seen with the material eyes and those that are not seen. Unless, of course, you're looking through your transcendental eyes. We're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, First Canto, Chapter 12, Text 5. And we're covering the birth of Emperor Parikshit. And um, let's see, today is, what, December the 15th? We are definitely a couple of weeks away from the end of the year. It's been one heck of a year. We've made it. It's been a phenomenal trip, and we look forward to traveling even more so. But before we read from the scriptures, we'd like to sing our traditional Jaya Radha Jayarad Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Kirivaradari Yashuranandana Brajacharanjanan Yashuranandana Brajacharanjanan Yamunatiravanachari Yamunatira Vanachari Jayaradam Madhava Kunjabihari
Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari Yashura Nandana Brajacharanjanan Yashura Nandana Brajacharanjanan Yamuna Tiravanachari Yamunatira Vanachari Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare First Canto, Chapter 12, and discussing the birth of Impara Pariksit. So before we read the translation and the purport and the text, 
ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ translation is on the board and you can repeat afterward text 5 sampada krata voloka mahisha brataro mahi jamburi vipad dipatyamcha yashascha tri divam gatam sampada krata voloka mahishi brataro mahi jamburi padi patyamcha yashacha tri divam gatam ಸಂಪಾರಕೃತವೋಕ ಮಹಿಷಿ ಪರತ್ತೋರೋಮಿ ಜಾಂಬೂರ್ವಿಪರಿಪಾಶಾಸ್ಟ್ರೀ so there's no wrong way sampada opulence pratava sacrifices lokaha future destination mahishi the queens bratara the brothers mahi the earth jambudwipa the globe or planet of our residence aripatyam sovereignty cha also yashaha fame cha and tridivam celestial planets gatam spread over and the translation here is news even reached that celestial planets about maharaj yudhisthira's worldly possessions the sacrifices by which he would attain a better destination his queen his stalwart brothers his extensive land his sovereignty over the planet earth and his fame etc again news even reached the celestial planets about maharaj yudhisthira's worldly possessions the sacrifices by which he would attain a better destination his queen his stalwart brothers his extensive land his sovereignty over the planet earth and his fame etc purport only a rich and great man's name and fame are known all over the world and the name and fame of maharaj yudhisthira reached the higher planets because of his good administration worldly possessions glorious wife dropadi the strength of his brothers Bhima and Arjuna and his solid sovereign power over the world 
known as Jambu Dwipa. Here the word loka is significant. There are different lokas or higher planets scattered all over the sky, both material and spiritual. A person can reach them by dint of his work in the present life, as stated in Bhagavad Gita, 9th chapter, 25th text, no forceful entrance is allowed there. The tiny material scientists and engineers who have discovered vehicles to travel over a few thousand miles in outer space will not be allowed entrance. That is not the way to reach the better planets. One must qualify himself to enter into such happy planets by sacrifice and service. Those who are sinful in every step of life can expect only to be degraded into animal life, to suffer more and more the pangs of material existence, and this is also stated in Bhagavad Gita, 16th chapter, 19th text. Maharaj Yudhisthira's good sacrifices and qualifications were so lofty and virtuous that even the residents of the higher celestial planets were already prepared to receive him as one of them. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. So, this translation centers somewhat on one's ability to travel, slightly mentioning the qualifications of traveling, and it also mentions the fact that in the material world, there are those that believe that there are planets that can be reached by mundane mechanics. And it's very, very interesting to realize that all of this has been covered in the scriptures even before the scientists claim to have discovered anything. It's very interesting to understand that all of these claims by scientists and engineers are but realizations that they have received from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. If you listen to the scientific world, medical engineer, engineers of the world, you would swear that everything that they have discovered, they did on their own. They did nothing on their own. And it is only through the mercy 
and the benefits of the Lord, that one is able to even take one step, that one is able to breathe, that one is able to wake up in the morning. But the scientific field is an interesting field, and it's always said that science is imperfect, and it isn't to minimize those that are, have taken the uh, careers of scientists and et cetera, engineers. It's not to minimize that. It's to come to a reality that what we're seeing and hearing, some of it is actual truth. Some of it is assumption. Now, without getting into the crux of what's going on in the world today, because it's highly controversial, the subject, one can understand that if science were perfect, there would be no illnesses, there would be no cancers, there would be no forced methods of healing oneself. None of, the, none of that is necessary. Would it surprise you, and sometimes often I've heard, that there is already a cure for cancer. It just hasn't trickled down to those that can afford it. There are various discoveries that are being kept under lock and key and there are those that are being revealed. But what we must understand is that man is not doing this alone, on his own, that even though he believes that he is perfect, even though he believes that there are certain things that he's capable of doing, he can do nothing without the blessings and the mercy of the Lord. Now, the... um, mechanics, the machines that have gone to the universe have only gone to the, I won't call them lower planets, but the planets that are closest to the earth. Those are not considered the better planets. The better planets are beyond the material world in the spiritual sky. Now, if science were perfect, they would know the conditions of the spiritual skies, the planets, they would know how to get through it or to it. And they would also come to the understanding that, especially those that believe in a higher power in God, knowing that he is the greatest, the most powerful, they need to understand that, well, let me go back a bit. There are those that believe there is a heaven and a hell in many religions. Now, that's almost standard knowledge to most people. What's difficult to understand is that people are able to believe heaven and hell exist, but they are incapable of understanding that there are in-between planets between those levels, in-between the material world, earth, hellish planets, material planets, and the spiritual planets. If God 
and I'm just saying this is hypothetical because I know it for a fact. If God is as great as everyone claims, what makes you think that he's limited to two planets or to heaven and hell and material world? Very limited. You can go another step further and take into account the fact that each and every one of us in here has at least two names, first and last. Some people have a middle name, middle initial. Why is it so difficult to believe that the Lord of Lords, the Supreme Personality, has more than one name? How limited can we be with the Lord that he only answers to one name? And then we look a little bit further. Well, actually, initially, looking at the scriptures, we understand that Maharaj Yudhisthira actually had sovereignty over the planet Earth. Now, what that tells you, if you really think about what that says, is that once the world was one big conglomeration that was managed by one lord. I'm sorry, not one lord, but one king. And over time, the world has split off. You can check the architectural uh, history of the world. The, um, oh, what is it they call it? The uh, um, soil. There's, a, there's a, a specific name for those that study the soil. Archaeologists, thank you, Prabhu. You can check the histories, and you'll find that so much has taken place, but it's all mostly beneath the earth. There should never, ever be a doubt in a devotee's mind that there is a power that exists beyond them. Now, there's also a... Um, a mention of, what is it? One of them is the destination of one of the spaceships. And I think it mentioned, I, I looked on the internet last night and it was mentioning that one of the spaceships been able to travel, except for the Challenger, billions of miles. So I'm trying to wrap my head around that. And there's a spacecraft that's out there, that is just sitting. And you wonder if over all this time that man has gotten no further than this, that man is understood to be the king of his domain, that he knows everything, and yet and still there's so many things that are definitely undiscovered. The um, points that I wanted to make is that in the scriptures it is mentioned in Kant in uh, Bhagavad Gita chapter 9, text 25. No, 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 no. Bhagavad Gita chapter 2, text 14 and 15. It gives you an understanding that there are two different levels of understanding or appearances or of the material and non-material world. Scientists do not have so much information on the non-material world, just the material world. But what it tells you is that there are two different worlds that exist, 
one seen, one unseen. And even knowing that, it's even more difficult for them to understand the premise, the instructions, the knowledge behind the Bhagavad Gita. Scientists understand that with the energy of one plant, of one material nature, there is a possibility of it clashing with the non-material. Now that's a mouthful. But the point is they've already discovered there's a, there's matter, there's material, and there's non-material world. It does exist. When you're reading the Bhagavad Gita, it is an introduction and an expansion of the mind that what we're seeing right now is not the totality of this universe. The differences or the indication that there is a perfect world and a non-perfect world is in the scriptures. In chapter 2, text 14, 15, chapter... uh, Text 14 in chapter 2 is Matasparsa to Kuntias, Satosha Sukha Dukadaha, Apinion Nityas, Tamta Diksha Twa. It's O son of Kunti, the non permanent appearance of happiness and distress in their disappearance in due course of time are like the appearance and disappearance of winter and summer seasons. They arise from sense perception, O Sainabrat, and one must learn to tolerate them without being disturbed, understanding that there are, there is a world where the seasons do not make a difference, where what we're seeing, the appearance and the disappearance. Think about it. In one way, you are able to see, and in another angle, you're not able to see with these material eyes. And that almost sounds like scientific because it sounds good, but does it make sense? The point is, it has been determined that there are there is more than the non-material world. In chapter 2, text 14, even further, Yam hai na vyatayantite parusham parusharshaba samaduka sukha diram somitavya kalpate, o best among men, Arjun, the person who is disturbed by happiness and distress and is steady in both is certainly eligible for liberation. And liberation is considered the non-material world. If you read the scriptures, it processes that information gradually as you go through the scriptures. The other point that I wanted to make, because this time I actually have all my notes in order, but it doesn't mean a thing because very rarely do I use them um, without getting ahead of myself. No. (laughs) I am looking at proof of the imperfection of the material world. 
No matter how many times I will come before you and do uh, and give a lecture or speak, I've got everything prepared perfectly. And the minute I come here, whatever I prepared is not there or it's jumbled. So actually, that's a really good example of the imperfection, and I'm revealing to you my imperfection, and I'm totally okay with it. Uh, did you want to say something, Prabhu? You need the mic. You need the mic. Go ahead. Uh, I cannot believe you're actually asking, is there time for question, Prabhu? You've come back from Mayapur, and you're sharp. <laughs> Welcome back, Prabhu. <laughs> I, I, I trust you brought some mercy from uh, Radha Madhava. Oh, my gosh. And the Panchatattva. <laughs> Very good to have you back. Yes, uh, yes, Jason. Well, should we, we should wait for question time. So You've got something that's pressing, is it? It's just a question about liberation. I'll ask it later. Go ahead. Go ahead if it doesn't throw us off track. Okay, so the question was about the, uh, the liberation, and thank you for taking it right now out of turn. Uh, yes. Apologies to Mishra Bhagavan. Um, so uh, the question was about the focuses on liberation, but um, I've heard that, that in obtaining uh, the highest stages of Krishna consciousness, that liberation should be something that's merely a byproduct, and that we should it not, is. And we Absolutely. Absolutely. focus on it. Um, so my question was, is there a way to obtain the highest stages of Krishna consciousness without even getting liberation? Or is that a necessary step that we just have to disregard as not so important? Repeat those last two lines again. So um, liberation is not the main focus, from what I've heard, for obtaining the highest stages of Krishna consciousness. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm wondering if there's, because if it's not the main focus, is it, possible to just completely bypass it or bypass the relation just go to the highest stages or is it is it necessary to reach the highest stages of Krishna consciousness and we just have to simply um, disregard the importance of it actually no and no and that was a question that definitely would have been at the end because it delves a lot deeper into what we're going into so and, and um, let's go for the end then. Yeah. But, but no. Um, and actually, hold that thought again because I'll answer it toward the end. Um, very deep thought, actually. What I'm hearing from you, what I think I'm hearing from you, is that mm, liberation should not be the main key or that our Entering the spiritual world, uh, getting liberation, and being in the association of the Lord, which you didn't say, should not be our main purpose. Is that kind of what you said? Or I missed it completely. I want to make sure, so I answered at the end. I was just uh, thinking, if liberation is not the most important goal then um, can we just skip it altogether or do we have to obtain it as a necessary stepping stone and then, and then uh, realize that's not the most important? What do you uh, consider liberation? 
Do, uh, are we gonna? Oh no, you you open the door. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. What do I consider liberation? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well. Um, I don't know. I, I I think that I'm not I'm not the most knowledgeable, and I can only speak from what I've heard. Right, but um, mm-hmm. so in my understanding, liberation is uh, simply the knowledge that oh, is it the knowledge that we're not this body, that we're actually the spirit soul? Actually, yeah. actually, I'm asking. I really don't. Liberation know. is not the fact that we're not this body, that we're spirit soul. That's just a fact. Um, liberation, in a sense and not a perfect definition, is that we are no longer, when we're speaking in spiritual terms, that we are no longer attached to these bodies, to the the sensory organs, the sensory perception, that those things are not weighing us down, and that we're actually approaching our true selves. And our true selves are so perfect that at all times, we are in contact, very close contact with the Lord that we have disregarded all of our desires and being in the material world and wanting to be like the Lord and that we have accepted the fact that we are spirit souls, antimatter, and This, in essence, along with other practices, liberates us or frees us up to take our original place in the spiritual world. Yeah, that answers my question. I want to make sure that answers your question. Well, it just did. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as what's usual, what happens is if you ask a question that's not where I'm going, it throws me off track. But... I had to have that experience, didn't I? Uh, getting back to the um, getting back to the scriptures, it is very important to realize that as far as science has come, they are nowhere near the understanding of beyond the sky. There is so much more that these planets that are supposedly have been reached have not really been reached. You'll see, you'll hear movies. As a matter of fact, a couple of movies came out showing um, the astronauts going to a planet, and then later they gave the background showing that there was a uh, setup in a studio somewhere with the background of the moon, the craters and all, and it was all set up. It was all a fixed experience. And I think... Um, O.J. Simpson was in one of them. Not that it mattered, but the point is there have been a couple of instances where people are understanding that there are certain limitations that man has, and until he understands that there are limitations, he will be limited. He will be totally limited. What frees us up from the limitation is that we take to God consciousness or Krishna consciousness, and learn the actual process of why we're here, what our purpose is while we're here, because there's a purpose for each and every one of us. There's a reason why we're in this material world. 
first of all, and I'll be the first one to stand in line, it's insanity. Why would I leave the perfect world of Krishna Loka and come here? Now, the understanding is that those that have done so wanted very much to be like the Lord. So Krishna gave them the ideal situation, the material world. You want to be like me? Here. This is the material world. And we're actually playing out a scenario in our lives and trying to figure out how to get back there because we realize this world is not even fit for a gentle man or a gentle woman. This world is not our home. As much as they want to reach out into the outer realms and capture new planets, they will never be able to do it, not by the path in which they're taking. The only way to get there is through spiritual liberation, and that is releasing this body, because even these bodies are not ours. They're like vessels, like spaceships that are carrying the soul. When we are at a point where we are not so attached to these bodies, then our memories begin to come back with the teachings of the Vedic scriptures that this is not me. There is something else that's much more familiar that I'm more comfortable with. And on the devotional path, eventually, if we're fortunate enough, we will be led back to the spiritual world. But it's not that simplified. But the point is, on the path of devotion, one has a better chance and the only chance of liberation. Because we need to understand that in this world, the Lord is the enjoyer, and we are the enjoyed. Strictly enjoyer, enjoyed. We are not the Lord. We are not really in a position to even enjoy what's here because it's not ours. It's all temporary. And it's been given to us for a purpose. Every single one of us has a scenario of their own individual movies, their own individual lives to play out or to let materialize so that you understand none of this feels natural. And the more that I understand my true position with the Lord, whoever you call him, the more I understand, the more familiar I am with my true home. Um, going on a little bit further, in the scriptures, there are those that believe that, yes, through the spaceships, you can enter. You can force entry into the other planets, especially the higher planets, the better planets. It cannot be done. That is probably the most difficult thing for scientists and for individuals to realize. We cannot reach certain planets. What helps us understand better is that as we go through the scriptures, we know these planets exist. Why? Because the information has been handed down orally. And there is no other, to my knowledge, there is no other oral description of the planets other than the scriptures in various religious, uh, religious groups. 
not to be, mm, what's the proper word, not to be prejudiced against other information, but I believe that to my knowledge, let me just put it, to my knowledge, the Vedic scripture has answered any of the questions that I have about there being other planets. It has made clear progressively, step by step, what has taken place what has taken place, what has led us to this point. And I think what's most important right now is to realize that we are in a very excellent position to take stock of where we are, what it feels like, is what's happening normal, do you feel that there is a better feeling for consciousness, of consciousness, than what you're feeling right now? And if there is, we should be finding out what it is. What I'm saying is, during these times of pandemic and serious situations, it's a perfect time to contemplate. Personally, I've contemplated a lot. I have. I look around, and I look at all the things that are happening, and to my intelligent mind, none of it makes sense. Then I have the opportunity of reading the scriptures, and it makes even more sense how we got to this point. But what's unfortunate is that Humankind does not accept this process, and until humankind accepts this process, there will always be confusion, there will always be unhappiness, there will always be imperfection. We will always be kidding ourselves about the world that we're living in right now. Excuse me. The uh, other chapter that I wanted to mention was that, uh, the other section, is that depending or according to the life that you live, it determines the destination that you're going to. Now, to take that one step further, if you're living a demonic life, you are... Scheduled is not a good one. You are bound to be sent back to this material world or to a material world in a lower life form, in an animal body, in a lower animal body. But then again, the animal body is much lower than the human body. The human body is sought after by souls that are waiting in line to enter into this world. There are also souls that are waiting to enter into this world that are not necessarily God-conscious beings. They're deep demonic energies that's waiting to enter the world. And one of the many ways that I have found and that most people find in not being a part of that energy is trying to study the whole history of humankind. And as I said, as complete as it is, it's the Vedic scriptures. The mm. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. The, um, the point of the scriptures, the point of this translation is this. And I didn't hit up on it until now. 
no matter what you have acquired in this world, I don't care what it is. You can't take it with you. You have to understand what's really important in this world, and if you are fortunate enough, if you are lucky enough to have the association of bona fide devotees, knowledgeable devotees, that can help you understand your path of liberation, take it. Now is a perfect time to understand what it takes to get back to the spiritual world. People are becoming more and more open to the idea that there are other life forms out there. They're even making a big deal of um, spaceship sightings. Now, that's been going on for years. And I think what's happening is gradually we'll come to that understanding that it's not an uncommon thing. We're discovering so many things that were hidden before that are now coming to the forefront during this pandemic. And it's interesting to understand why is it happening now? I'm sure there's a reason behind it. But what it is letting most people know is we are not alone. First of all, we have never been alone because the Lord has always been with us. Second, we are not the only individuals in these universes. There are so many others out there. They all have their own scripted path of getting back to Godhead. What is important is that when you have these material bodies, utilize them properly. Yeah, when you're growing up, there's a little sense gratification. There's a little enjoying the, oh, I'm making Lakshmi. Oh, I have this partner. I have this mate. Let me enjoy. But there comes to a point where no matter how much enjoying you have, no matter how much Lakshmi you have, it's not it. It will never be enough. And sometimes we have to run into a brick wall to understand that. What I have found personally is more peaceful is less of. And the Lord has been very good to me because he has taken things that I had and I thought I needed them, but now they're less of the things that I used to have. It's a simple life, but it's a happy life. You won't understand that until you start to go through the process of honing in on the things that are important in your life. What is most important in your life? What is your destination? Where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years? What's your goal in life? Jason, what's your goal in life? The mic, the mic. Well, my goal in life is to uh, please the spiritual master. And in this way, I can... Um, attain the realization of Krishna, and then above that is to obtain service to Krishna in any and all circumstances. Mm. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good explanation. Uh, Mr. Bhagavad, Prabhu, you usually have quite a few comments to make, and since we've broken up the lecture a bit, um, You've just gone to Mayapur Dam. 
you have been in this movement for many years. What is your goal in life, and what is it you would share with someone that's just coming into Krishna consciousness, a neophyte? What would you give them or share with them that would help them on this path of liberation back to Godhead? My goal in life is is to serve my spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada, who under the authority of Srila Kamal Krishna Goswami and the Parampara, Mm -hmm. and to when I leave this body, to continue that, that service to con- and go wherever Shri Prabhupada and Tamal Krishna Goswami and Bhakti Tirtha Maharaj. And all that, what the Prabhupada said is that ISKCON in the spiritual world, I want to uh, go there and effectually continue my service to my mm. Maharaj. What, what, you give to someone that's just coming in to, let's say, the temple or into Krishna consciousness to help them along this path. Based on maybe your own experiences or based on other experiences that you've seen, how could you help them? Because we have a wealth of knowledge in our hands, and sometimes we're just holding it and not sharing with other people. But what would you share with first thing someone new is that someone understand is that we're not the body mm. but we're a spirit soul part and parcel of Krishna and Sri the Prabhupada would talk to people that was always the first point that he would always make if he only had a short time to speak that would that would be what he would talk about mm. now we're not the body and that we're a spirit soul, and that we don't belong in the material world, and that we're suffering here, and and that we have to go back home, back to Godhead, to end our suffering. Mm. By taking up the process of this chanting of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. The Maha Mantra that makes it all possible. Absolutely. Um, And I'm, I'm just wondering because we don't talk about it so much, but every single one of us, at some point in time, we are aware of this huge elephant in the room based on medical, based on the medical world, based on science. And for the last two years, we've gone through something that most of us in these bodies have never gone through before. How is everyone? Sh- how is everyone handling that? And how are you dovetailing Krishna consciousness into it to help you get through what we're going through right now? Anyone want to respond? Because I know everyone's going through it, and sometimes we're just sitting on the information because we don't want to talk about it, or because we're maybe shy that our Thoughts are not important enough. And on the other hand, we may be suffering so much that we don't want anyone else to know. And this being the family that it is, we don't do that. We have issues, we discuss them. We don't sweep things under the carpet. 
but how is everyone handling what's going on, and how are you using, using Krishna consciousness to help get you through it? Because something has gotten you here. A lot of people are not making it into temples, churches, and they're leaving the world. What is it that's holding most of us? Anyone. Would you like to hear from the audience individually? I would love to hear from the audience. I didn't know you were going to be a commentator, though. You won't have Identify. Hi, Krishna. Hi, Krishna. Uh, I just am very happy that I haven't, that I have no Shringa. These things, not everyone knows who you are. And the uh, um, audience uh, wants to know. Uh, that's Bacta Steve. Bacta Steve. Bacta Steve. Uh, I'm just happy I have a Nishinga because he protects me. Protects me from um, forces that would mm. do me harm. And I don't think that, as far as the virus is concerned, I, I have no. Uh, I'm not. That's the least of my issues. <laughs> I, that doesn't. Even, I, I probably will not. You know, maybe I'll die next week of it. But I, it does. I don't have a fear of that. Mm. And that seems to be, there's a very dark mode on, on planet Earth now about fear. Yes, increased. And Absolutely. Somehow, you know, I, I mean, maybe I'm just a fool, but I'm very happy I have the Shringa. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a very good explanation. Because when I came to Krishna consciousness, the only understanding I had was of Lord Nishringa Dave. And because so many situations happened in my life and there was no other explanation except the Lord, I was very receptive to Lord Nishringadev. Of course, now I love the Lord in all of his forms. But would anyone else like to share what they may be holding inside? And because we're a family, there's no judgment. And there's no forcing anybody to communicate. But if Prabhu's not comfortable, it's okay, but anyone that wants to share, what is it like right now? How is Krishna consciousness, how is God consciousness helping you through this process? We need to talk about it. And not so much that we become enveloped in it, but I'm just curious, because all of this is part of the process of getting us back to the spiritual world, and this is an opportunity to delve deeper into who we are, where we're from, and how to get there based on the strategies of those that are very familiar with the situation that we're in right now. How are you dealing with the uh, um, world situation? And let's see, that's Deepak speaking. Yes. Prabhu, Deepak. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So I believe what I have realized by chanting Lord's name, um, I think the fear is gone of, mm. you know, being in a situation where I would feel oh, I would die because of such thing. So that is completely gone. So I think when... People were like running around trying to, you know, find something to cure themselves or, you know, trying to do different things mm -hmm. because of COVID or whatever is happening or the variants are coming. Mm. So I see people have fear 
oh my God, do this, oh my God, do that. So that has gone. And I see this as a miracle that happened because of chanting Lord's name because the fear is no more there. Mm. I think there is a enjoyment there that the day I will die, I will meet my Lord. And he'll be welcoming with open arms. Come to me, my son. And no fear. It's just love. Just love. It's interesting you mentioned that because based on everything that's happening, and with the um, information that we're given through radio, television, internet, you're given the you're given the understanding that um, this is it. Um, we're doomed. Um, there's no way out. But what I'm discovering, like you, Prabhu, is that. Having the opportunity to read from the scriptures is priceless. Any of the Vedic scriptures. And I find that looking at what is taking place right now, what has taken place years and years ago, and our knowledge of the scriptures, I'm more receptive to the fact that, okay, so if I leave my body, I leave my body. That's not the end of me. We are eternally spirit souls. Nothing can destroy our souls. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And we know, just from reading the scriptures, there really is a better place. There is a better place because those that are dedicated to the scriptures, those that are fortunate enough to read deeper into the scriptures can understand you can visit these, and I'm stepping away from the book for a minute, but you can visit these planets transcendentally without leaving the destination, whatever destination you're in. You can visit the higher planets transcendentally. It is not difficult. It is not for a special group of people that can travel to the uh, spiritual world. If any of you have ever had the opportunity to speak to someone that has maybe left their bodies. Uh, I know a couple of people that have. Of course, when they are back into their bodies again, their lives never seem to be the same because they don't change anything that they're doing. But there are individuals that have claimed, and I don't doubt it, that they have traveled to different planets. And it's not like we've lost our mind. The possibility is there. There is so much possibility in the scriptures and in understanding it. And sometimes we overstudy and we complicate the scriptures. It's very simple. Very simple. Lord Chaitanya has made it even more simpler. Chant. Read. And Srila Prabhupada is very big, always has been, was very big on association of having an open mind and listening to other thoughts and being able to pick up the perfect thought that helps you progress in life. Nothing is impossible, absolutely nothing. My desire for everyone that's here is that even if you've not heard anything that came out of my mouth, If you have listened to what's in the scriptures, and if you've allowed your mind to delve deeper into it, 
you understand that no matter how successful man, mankind is, no matter how successful mankind is, they will never do the things that they're saying they're doing. They'll never be able to do it. They'll never be able to go to other planets as they're planning. They may get close to some of them, but definitely not the better planets. You'll understand that it is not impossible to get there through scriptures, knowledge, through understanding the scriptures. It is not impossible. And this particular section that is part of the chapter that's part of the canto that's leading to Parikshit Maharaja's um, birth will delve in deeper into even Parikshit Maharaja's birth. Um, and not to give anything away, but it gives you an example of all the miracles or an example of a miracle that has taken place. When you're reading the scriptures, you'll understand that quite a few miracles take place. If you just drop your guard, and when I say drop your guard, I mean if you just surrender to the teachings of the scriptures, you won't walk around hesitant for whatever is going to happen. Who comes through the door? Who doesn't come through the door? That is also a form of liberation, freeing yourself up of the fears that normally invade the, mm, the embryo when it comes into the world. Peaceful, very peaceful. The minute the embryo comes out into the light, the material world, they learn fear. These are not things that are, that are uh, inherent. They are not things that are part of us. We learn this. And to put it briefly, going through the process of Krishna consciousness is almost like taking you back to being a baby, taking you back to the understanding that you actually can have peace of mind in this world and understand that you're not of it. You can also understand that there are miracles that take place in various planets, you will also come to understand, hopefully, that you're not a part of this world. You don't belong here. Why else would you have so much confusion, so much fear, so much unhappiness? It's, it's not our world. When you are strong enough to accept that, it makes traveling on the path back to Godhead back home, back to Godhead, a lot easier. But Jason, as I think of your question of liberation, it's a matter of letting go things that you have acquired since you've been in this material body. Most of us were not born into this knowledge. There are those that were born into God consciousness that have not taken advantage of it. We have been fortunate enough to have Srila Prabhupada bring it and we have the opportunity to take advantage of it. If you do nothing else, by the end of this year, at the beginning of next year, if we're fortunate enough to make it there, take shelter of the holy name. There is nothing else that will get you through anything. Take shelter of the holy name. Understand your source. Understand where you've come from. Understand 
who you are part and parcel of and make it your journey to get that understanding out to other people. Don't make it such a big deal that everything I'm doing, I want to get back to the spiritual world. If you follow the devotional path properly, you will get back to the spiritual world. It shouldn't be your main goal. It'll happen eventually. Um, I'm going to end at that point. Otherwise, I'm going to wander off the track here. Uh, does anyone have a comment that they want to share? Anything? Of course you do. Mishra Bhagavad, of course you do. Yes, please share. Oh, I'm sorry. Please introduce yourself. Uh, Abhinav here. My name is Abhinav. You've been here before. No, this is my first day here. Yeah, and your name? Uh, Abhinav. 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 Ah, yes. Yes. So, the question what you asked was like, you know, to share um, our experience what made us bring here. Ah, that's, yes. So, I'll say um, from my childhood and all, like, um, I didn't have much circle of friends. Like, I was a um, mm-hmm. person where I don't uh, interact much. I, I don't like uh, hanging out with a mm. lot of people. Mm. And I just wanted to do right thing, good thing, and then I just stay to myself. That, yes. That's how I am. Uh-huh. And now... Um, what I mean, after getting married and all, uh, I expanded my family. Mean, uh, it's it's m- uh, myself and my wife uh, who are right now. But, uh, you know, things are getting more complicated. Mm. Uh, when I say complicated, it's it's like, you know, um, it's been like four to five years I got married. Uh, and uh, uh, my wife knows who I am. But, you know, um, I just wanted to describe the problem no, what I am facing. No, I want you to just... Go ahead. Yes. So, um, her mom, like my mother-in-law, mm-hmm. she wants to take uh, like control over me, and she wants uh, to be like her servant, like to listen what she says, and she's manipulating, and uh, she's trying to prove that she's right, and then I'm wrong, mm-hmm. and uh, my relationships is getting very complicated, and. Uh, this COVID thing, and then uh, working in this uh, uh, IT firm, uh, like corporate world, mm-hmm. is getting very challenging. When I say challenging, it's like everybody is greedy out there. Everybody wants to. Yes. Everybody wants to uh, steal your credit. Therefore, it's what you put in. You know, somebody else wants to take that credit for. And uh, I, I'm like completely collapsed. Um, or like personally, and I mean from family side, and also uh, at the workplace, mm-hmm. I lost my jobs. I um, I'm, I'm going through very difficult time, and uh, I, I you know just started going to Radha Krishna Temple. I came from uh, Plano mm-hmm. this morning. Um, I wanted to come. I mean, I came to know about uh, Iskon Temple uh, like two to three weeks ago, mm. and I badly wanted to come here. And then today was the day, and then uh, I came here early morning, 4:30, and then I'm feeling very satisfied. Uh, it's like, um, I mean, uh, in in the real world, people are selfish. Uh, no matter what, people yes, are, are selfish. Yes, they are. And uh, I. I 
I am, I, I mean, I, uh, from my point of view, I feel I'm not selfish, mm. but I just want to be happy life. But, you know, <laughs> to live a happy life, you know, nobody will um, live the way you want to live. And uh, as I said, you know, if, if, it, if, if, if I have to live by myself entire life, I think, as I said, you know, I'm uh, a very introvert kind of person, mm-hmm. so I can live this life in my way, but after getting married, things are getting complicated, I can't, I mean, at some point, I can convince my wife, but, you know, I can't uh, prove that, you know, I am the right in front of uh, her mm-hmm. mom, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. she knows her mom from her childhood, so she trusts her, she believes her, when she comes to me, you know, I just know, I'm no, I know, I known to her, like, four years ago, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> life is little complicated that i mean i'm seeing a lot of things here i'm of not course. sure if you're getting it uh, of course it is so yeah i just wanted to share uh, things what i'm going through and what made me bring here and today i'm feeling uh, much relaxed and uh, i just wanted to share out my feelings i'm glad you did because what you're sharing is not foreign news to any of us yes Relationships are complicated. The minute you add another life to your life, understand both of you had different upbringings. Both of you have your own thoughts and your own beliefs. And there will be friction. It is almost a universal thing depending on what country you're in. Well, I can't say that because even in the United States, the uh, in-laws or the parents of your mate seem to think that they need to live their life through you, so then they start to conduct their lives through you, and it will never work because they had their opportunity. That doesn't stop them. It complicates it. What you will probably never be able to do is convince your wife of anything. If right. she does not want to be convinced, it won't happen. You can, however, be an example. Sometimes we can talk and talk and talk, and people don't get it. Right. But the minute that you show who you are by example, you know, people step back, oh, oh, that's, hmm, maybe there's something I can learn from this. Yes, the world is greedy. Even back in the times when Krishna was on the planet, they wanted people wanted things that they were not supposed to have. None of this is new. What's happening is that because of what we're going through, and our focus may be a little bit more on what's going on in the world, we're seeing things a lot clearer. Now, what you may find surprising, and this is not negative, what you may find surprising is that when the Lord favors you, when the Lord really favors you, he begins to take things away from you. Now, that doesn't mean that he's a horrible person. It means that sometimes these things that he's taking away, thank you, Prabhu, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, these things that he's taking away can be impediments for you. Very possibly there's a position out there that is better for you. It may be less stressful. But any time that you are taking shelter of a position of Lakshmi, of 
not necessarily fame and fortune, but of who you are and what you're earning, eventually you will come to understand that all of that is causing confusion. We're not intelligent sometimes enough to walk away. Think of the minimal-sized creatures, the birds, the creatures that you know, you know they cannot possibly work in an office. The Lord takes care of them. The birds are not starving. Right. The animals, the, the bugs, there is always something there. And how do they accept it? Um, they are very, I wouldn't I, naive is a poor choice of words, but they're very surrendered. That's, that's the best possible description I can give. They're surrendered. But when you find yourself in positions of stress, because this is going to bring it up, when you find yourself in positions of stress, I don't know if you chanted before uh, coming to uh, the temples, if you've ever chanted before in your life. So have uh, you? I've been following ISKCON, I mean, uh, I followed ISKCON for like one, one and a half year, mm -hmm. uh, like two years ago. At that point of time, nothing was going, um, at that point of time, I'll say, uh, everything was going in my favor. Everything was neat, light. I was, I never faced any problems at that time. Now after getting married, I mean, I got married at that time as well, but I haven't faced any challenges or uh, problems before. Mm -hmm. Now I started seeing the problems. Um, I, I came back to Lord. Now I can see that, you know, the knowledge, what I was, uh, learning before, it was just a knowledge where, you know, it, it's like you have a can, uh, a light and where you have not seen any darkness. Yes. Exactly. The darkness, yes. you will appreciate the light. So I was in the light before, I was not see, I have not seen the darkness. Once I see the darkness, I'm now, now I'm able to appreciate the light. Ah, and see, it's, uh, I, I know this may sound strange to other people that are listening that will right. hear this, but sometimes we need a little darkness. Otherwise, how do you appreciate the light. Sometimes we need negative or not so happy things to happen in our lives so that when Krishna turns it around, then we can appreciate it. Right. Um, and no, he is not a unloving God, but we have become so blinded in this material world, and other people have become so blinded that they've forgotten who they are, parents, in-laws, they forget they've had their lives, and whatever they made of it is what they make of it. Sometimes when people come together, you come to understand where the strength is. You're there to help each other. You are definitely there to help each other, not to pull each other apart. When things manifest in such a way, there's a reason. It's not like it was never there before. Something was there before. Maybe it wasn't seen, but it was bound to come up. These situations are perfect for Krishna consciousness. Not only just understanding the fact of how powerful chanting is or shruti, hearing or um, reading, having an opportunity to hear gurus or sannyasis over the internet, but it is very important to understand that no matter what condition you're in, 
you are never so far away from the Lord that he cannot assist you. Most people think that if I chant, then everything's covered. Well, in a way, kind of, sort of, but it doesn't mean that you chant and forget what you're supposed to do. We have responsibilities. We have major responsibilities. But to go a step further, personally, me, in the uh, time that I've been in the movement, it's been over 20 years, I understand that in addition to chanting, I can pray to the Lord. He has never not heard me. I don't know about anybody else, but he has never not heard me and gotten me through a situation. You have options. You have options. You have the ability to take the knowledge from the scriptures by listening, by reading from the Vedic scriptures. There are lessons in how to live your life successfully. There are examples of how not to live your life. It's not difficult. It's just a matter of being in the proper association, of having the proper information available to you, and in some instances, losing things that you felt were valuable to you. There's always someone that's in a worse condition than you are or that's in a better condition than you are. And whatever path you're on right now, it's not an accident. This is a great time to learn how to resolve what's going on in your life. It can't be done overnight because it didn't happen overnight. But the bottom line is, and I don't mean to oversimplify it, you cannot be successful in what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish without the Lord being involved. What power do we have? He has complete control, determines who you actually are going to be when you come back into a body. I personally, if I were in your shoes, I would, like anything, develop a habit of regular chanting, even if it's not 16 rounds. There is so much power in the sound vibration of the Maha Mantra. I would also take the opportunity to read about other lives that have taken place. Yugs, centuries, many centuries before you came into the world. Nothing that you're going through is new. Um, it will happen again and again with couples. Right. Um, there is no one-size-fits-all solution to this, but it is very common. Um, it's, it's unfortunate because a lot of time is wasted unnecessarily on things that could be simplified by just doing this, if you do this, and if you do this, it'll be okay. This may be a situation where you have to be an example of what you're talking about. And being an example means that you may take a lot of uh, hardship, um, but you're not alone. You were never alone. This is just opening up your eyes to to a path that is available to you for the situation that you're going through. Everybody comes, for some reason, to Krishna consciousness. Um, They say some are the insane, some that are um, looking for something. Um, uh, 
Ms. Bhagavad, what is the third character? Because there are three of them that come. Those that are... I'm sorry. Where's your mic? Where's the mic? Because I, I couldn't hear you. People come to Christian consciousness as they need money out of distress, yeah, poverty, money. you know, lack of wealth. They're inquisitive. Yes. So it could be you've covered. one of those things. Yeah, you've covered. Um, there are different entrances into this knowledge. Um, mine was um, more inquisitive, and I was looking for something, and I felt totally helpless. And that's the point at which you really have to surrender. Because what you have to see is what you've been doing before has not worked perfectly. And you have to be open to the receptivity of the knowledge coming from the scriptures. And if you are, it will come to you gradually. And unless you are not following the rules and regulations of God consciousness and and, um, the Vedic scriptures, you will not get the opportunity to see the benefits of chanting, reading, hearing, super good devotee association. And that's another thing, too. Everyone that walks through the door that wears uh, a sari or dhoti or a sap, okay, saffron, they're not necessarily practicing the process properly. So as you are coming and looking for guidance, pray to Krishna that he will sharpen your senses so that you connect with the right person. The world is imperfect. Imperfection is among those that are following most religions because they're not following it properly. I'm just saying, be careful who you take shelter of and who you befriend. But the point is, Your situation at home can change based on how you respond to it because you you cannot control those other individuals. Those that are truly God-conscious can live in hell and still be happy. I'm not saying that's what you should do. I'm saying that you have an option. I'm saying that sometimes... When the Lord loves you or he wants to show you something, he'll take it away. He'll take something away so that you'll be appreciative. Like when you're in the darkness, you'll see the light and, wow, this is great. So that when you were in the situation where, yes, the Lakshmi was coming in and now it's not, then when things change again, you'll appreciate it, but with a different insight. There are so many different lessons to learn in Krishna consciousness, in God consciousness. There are so many stumbling blocks that weaken people. There are going to be stumbling blocks. Expect them. If you don't see them, something's wrong. What you should also see is your growth in this process of Krishna consciousness. Expect it. Usually when we're going through a distressful situation, the moment of partial happiness and relief is right around the corner. 
it generally is. When you become, when you are backed up against the wall, there's absolutely nowhere to go. You do what the child does. He cries out. Child cries out for mom. A mother hears her child. A father hears his child. Krishna hears everything. He knows everything. He sees everything. The best example that I could give myself in your shoes is that I would take shelter, and I don't mean oversimplify it, but I would take shelter of the holy name in all respects. Do not think for one minute you're going to change anyone. Sometimes these are awakening moments where you discover, oh, maybe there might need to be an adjustment here. I hope that's not the case where everything resolves itself for you. But things happen in life. Um, Especially if you do not involve the Lord initially. I'm not saying that's what you did. Sometimes you can involve the Lord and then you get off track. It, It happens. But I would say definitely do not, do not ever let go of the hope or the possibility that things will change for you. How they will change, I have no idea. I do believe in prayer in addition to chanting, and I do know for a fact that it does change, and don't let anybody else tell you different. They've just not had the opportunity to have the experience. There's nothing super special about me, but I've had the opportunity, so I know what exists. I also know among different experiences from other people, there is a spiritual world, that this is not our home, and from time to time, you may be fortunate enough to get a glimpse. As in the scriptures, it is understood that you can't just do it by machines. You actually have to do it transcendentally with the spiritual body. You can do amazing things with the understanding of God consciousness and with surrendering. We have difficulty in surrendering because we think it's going to take away our power. It doesn't. As a matter of fact, it gives you more. It gives you more strength to deal with things. Um, That would be what I would hope someone would tell me in, in your position. Really, thank you for sharing it, because too many people are, I'm not saying that I'm a, a, a host to a, a variety show or, or, or psychological show or, or um, matrimony counseling, um, but the point is, you're not here by accident. Hopefully, whatever is being passed on to you is going to be of some help to you. What I, what I would encourage is that look beyond the situation that you're in because this may sound a little weird. It's probably already changing as you sit here. Um, and as far as how it changes, that's actually between you and the Lord. So yes, definitely take shelter of the Lord. Definitely take shelter of the holy name because the sound vibrations are absolutely amazing. And of individuals, uh, learned individuals uh, that are in the temples, um, very important to hear 
other experiences and know that you're not alone. Mm. That's what I hear, and that's what I've experienced, that when you're not really so focused on, let me do this number, let me do a certain number, let me just, how many can I do, or I need to do this, when you just do it, the time passes so quickly, and you don't realize how peaceful that process is, and you still have yet to experience the potency of your chanting today. Has yet to even manifest even more. But um, as I said, if there's anything that I can share with anyone that's listening, take shelter of the holy name. Read your scriptures. Srila Prabhupada's always was always saying, "Read my books," and he's passing information on that's been handed down to him from the parampara. When one is fortunate enough, they'll get a glimpse into what he's really talking about. Oh, you know what? I And I move mine over to you. Go ahead. That microphone's better. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know that, you know, uh, these classes... Actually, oh. it's heard all around the world, all oh. the way in India. Oh, oh I didn't, I didn't yeah. knew that these classes are online. So they are. Uh, so what I was saying is, was like, um, I lost my job a couple of times in uh, last six months of period, and uh, it, I am still going through difficult time. But uh, uh, looks like after uh, I, I'm going to the Radha Krishna Temple in Plano, and then today was my first day. Uh, today is my first day here. So now I started feeling uh, small changes, I'll say. But uh, um, I got a job offer. Uh, uh, I may have to join like two in two more weeks. So as I have a lot of time, I thought like I'll definitely come out here uh, to Iskon Temple here. So I, I feel uh, really blessed today. It was an amazing day. Uh, I'm happy for you. Yeah, so the uh, early morning... Uh, uh, puja was good, um, and uh, everybody was chanting uh, Mahamantra. Mm. Felt really happy, you know. Uh, the temple is really nice here. I can feel the positive vibrations. I can see that, you know, I'm. I can see some changes are, are currently happening inside uh. me. I can feel it. So, and thank you for, uh, you know, giving the lecture and answering my oh. questions. I just wanted to share my. Uh, feelings here, and uh, thank you so much. No, it's so important. I, I'm always trying to encourage individuals when they're here, tell me what's going on. Share with me what you've heard. Did you understand it? Because sometimes when I do lect, when I give a lecture, yes, we'll read the book, the translations, and the purport, and then I, for the benefit of myself continuously, 
I will break it down to a point where it, it's very understandable. It should never be in such a way that it's over your head. Right. Um, and you've been given an opportunity to go from one temple to the other, and wh whatever benefits you're getting from either one, it's great. Right. You have been forced to be still and not have a job, but you also have a job offering. And the one thing that I would request, if I were you in your shoes, is I would dovetail everything that I do in that job in, God con in Krishna consciousness. When you understand, I'm not doing it for this particular company. I'm becoming a person that works for this company with the heart of a devotee, seeing it as a benefit to the Lord as if he needs a benefit from us. But okay. dovetailing everything that you do, offer it to Krishna. Offer the job to Krishna. Okay. Who knows what your past experiences have been and what the experience is going to be when you do it. But the other thing that I can say is no matter how deep and dark it gets, never, ever let go of your belief. Right. Because the majority of the time, the answer is right around the corner. And if you had held on long enough, you would have seen it. Right. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So, um, well, Mr. Bhagavad, I guess I can't share anything that you sent me from Mayapur. But I'm sure that at some point in a private setting, you will share some of your experiences uh, from Mayapur, which they must have been quite a few. Because you've come back looking as if you have been shined and polished with God consciousness. But the Holy Dom has a habit of purifying you. So you look to some degree of being purified. Uh, no offense. Mayapur is the crest school of all holy places. Ah, oh, yes it is. By Absolutely. spending three days in Mayapur, um, one gets the benefit of ten years of all the other seven holy tirthas, mm. including... Mathura Vrindavan, Rishikesh, Prayag, uh, Varanasi. There's seven ma ma major tirthas throughout India. And Mayapur is... is every, everybody has to go to Mayapur. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says if, you, if your life goes by and you haven't visited Mayapur, it, you've, you've wasted that life. Which is a pretty strong statement, but if you get to Mayapur, then you can understand what he's talking about. Because just by walking in Mayapur, you get the benefit Absolutely. of 10,000 Asamita sacrifices with every step, without having to uh, go through, have a lot of horses. You get the um, benefit of Lord Nityan obtaining the basins of Lord Nityananda when you lie down. And although Vrindavan is very purifying, it also guarded by Srimati Radharani and, and who doesn't accept any offenses to Krishna. So there's punishment for offenses in yes. Vrindavan. But Lord Nityananda has made Mayapur a place where he, there's, uh, offenses are not accepted. Only devotional service, any, anything good you do is seen by Krishna there. And he's very forgiving. And it's the uh, golden lotus... Pankajanya Prabhu was telling me that the other holy places are in Kali Yuga are, are being covered, like Jagannath Puri and, mm. 
they're they're uh, is it sinking? They're lotus flowers that are closing in Kali Yuga, being covered by sinful activities and and uh, the the age of darkness or the Iron Age. And Mayapur is a golden lotus that blossoms in Kali Yuga, that that thrives with the Sankirtan movement of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that, and that one day there'll be the opening of the Burabhuva Mandala, the temple of the Vedic planetarium, and this will bring the whole world to Mayapur to come and see the, the, the marvel of the uh, of the vision of, of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And they're coming now. Uh, pretty much the world is pretty much coming to not only Vrindavan, but Mayapur Dam. And the energy increases in perfection. Each time you go there with the right eyes and with the right mindset, uh, it's always important to visit a Dam. Um, sometimes if you can't visit it physically, uh, we're now able to visit the Dams virtually. But Take the opportunities when you can um, to open yourself up to the fact that there is history of what we're reading about in these various places have the proof that there has been existence of the Lord in his many different manifestations. Um, but thank you for sharing. I uh, appreciate that. I always like to hear my Dhamma. I love Vrindavan, but I'm not perfect. So I'm so afraid to go there and do something wrong. <laughs> Mayapur is forgiving. It accepts me, and it also helps to, for me, it strengthens me. So it's, it, it's very important. You have one more thing to say? Well, Lord Shiva says that if before you go into Vrindavan, one must always go to Mayapur for, yes, for purification. Yes, I, I told someone that, that in order to go to Vrindavan, you must go to Mayapur first. You can't just go straight to Vrindavan because we're not pure enough. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, someone's going to tell me that I went over time. I know it. I already know it. But I thank you, everyone, for being here because it took an effort to come based on all the things that are going on, not only in the world, but in your lives. So Krishna sees everything. He doesn't miss anything. You will miss it if you don't keep your connection with him. So we'll end at this point. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada.